VBS really means at Avalanche Ranch Vacation Bible School. Well, thank you once again for listening to another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation podcast. This podcast was recorded live for Sunday. May 27th. I'm your host, Chris. I work in a local church as part of the AV crew. Maintain the website and handle all the podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions for me, you can reach me by email at podcast at C-O-G-O-P-O-H dot com. I welcome any and all inputs, so please feel free to write me. I take all suggestions and I try to put them in the podcast when I think it's you know, appropriate or it fits right in. Our local church here is located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. The webpage is www.cogopoh.com. We have a blog at www.ablcommunitychurch.blogspot.com. And we can be found on MySpace at myspace.com forward slash cogopoh.com. I'll start you off by letting you know what's going on here at the church. Uh, we have Vacation Bible School. You just heard a uh, uh, commercial for that. Um, the theme this year is Wahoo Avalanche Ranch. There's 14 days remaining. It's happening between June 11th through the 15th. Um, it's for kids ages 3 to 12. So please invite your uh, sons, daughters, uh, brothers, sisters, you know, bring them on out to 6008 Missouri Avenue, Hammond, Indiana. Sign them up, let them come in, and have a little bit of fun. We're going to be doing a sing and play stampede and showtime roundup, cowpoke crafts. Chuck Wagon Chow, the Wild West Theater, Horse Place Games, Horse Play Games, rather, Wild Bible Adventures, and uh, we're also selling, for the local people that come to the church and that, we're selling prairie dogs, not real prairie dogs, just little paper ones, that's to raise money for the 
uh, BBS program here. The sales were brisk last Sunday. However, we still have some dogs for sale. Following all the worship services on Sundays, uh, you can see Sister Ruth and Sister Ann to buy a, a dog. And to get more information, you can also speak to them also. Um, they can be reached at email at bbsdirector at cogoph.com. If you have any questions or anything that you need from them, you can uh, write them an email there. Also, uh, July 12th through the 15th is the regional convention. If you're planning to attend the regional convention and you haven't made any reservations for any whole, for a hotel or not, make sure you get your reservations in because they sell out very, very quickly. I'm going to let this song finish up so you can hear the rest of it. Play a couple more songs and we'll come back and I'll read the lead into the pastor's sermon and we'll go right into that.
on my face Hasn't stopped raining for days My world is a flood But slowly I become one with the mud But if I can swim after 40 days And my mind is crushed by the crashing waves That feel so high that I can't afford to be sermon this past Sunday was uh, a time to remember. It's based in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, I'll read his lead-in and we'll go right into his uh, sermon. Uh, on Monday, we observe Memorial Day, remembering those who have given their lives to secure our safety and freedom in the USA. We're grateful for their service and sacrifice. Let's pray for the families of those men and women who have given their all in past and present wars. 
How is your memory? When the Memorial Day observance gives us pause to recall our fallen soldiers, God calls on us to remember some historical events that affect our lives even today. We are to remember that Jesus gave his life for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities, Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was beaten. He shed his blood for our salvation, 1 Corinthians 11, 23-25. Are you thankful for what he did? When the nation of Israel was preparing to enter the land of promise, God told them to remember his past dealings with them. He led them, fed them, protected them, and gave many promises that would be fulfilled as they obeyed. But later they forgot, turned their backs on him, and suffered the consequences. Certainly we are to look forward, but a backward glance helps keep things in perspective and helps us focus on the goals we want to accomplish. We don't want to be like Mark Twain who said, When I was younger, I could remember anything, whether it happened or not. Have a great Memorial Day. This is Pastor Melvin C. Lawson Sr. A Time to Remember, Deuteronomy Chapter 8. <clears throat> well, Memorial Day is upon us. <clears throat> it's a time to remember. How's your memory this morning? You have a good memory? I get a little older and I can remember things that happened as a child, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast a lot of times. You know, that's the way it is. It's just the way life is. Stories told about a husband and wife sitting in a church service and preacher was preaching. She said, oh my goodness, I just remembered I left the iron on. That iron will get hot. It may start a fire in the house. We got to get home. And he punched her and he said, it's okay, dear. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. I just happened to remember I left the water on in the bathtub. It won't burn long. So that's the way we are sometimes, you know, our, our memory goes. But we're called to remember. We celebrate Memorial Day uh, tomorrow. It's a day of remembering. A patriotic holiday in honor of our servicemen who have given their lives for their country. Are you thankful for them today? Uh, you know, we have a volunteer army, and these men have volunteered to go in our place. They have given their lives, in many cases, that we can uh, have our life in a comfortable place. It's uh, time set aside to remember those who have fallen in battle. Now, years ago, Aretha and I were privileged to go to the Arlington National Cemetery and uh, found that it was actually the, the estate of... Uh, Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. How about that? That was his estate. He had, there's a beautiful house just overlooking the valley. It's just up on this hillside, and you look out, it's a beautiful place. And that was his home, and during the Civil War, it was lost and uh, to, to him. The government took the land and began burying the war dead there on that property. And after the... Uh, after the Civil War, they, the Lees family went to uh, court to get it back, and eventually they won it back. It became back to the Lee family. But by that time, there were so many war dead buried there from the Civil War that the Lee family allowed the government to have it, and today they still bury the war dead uh, at the Arlington Cemetery. They, maybe they should have named it Lees because that was his property that the government took from him. 
But sometimes we remember also not only the war dead, but uh, in many areas of the country they call it Decoration Day, you know, where they go out and decorate the graves of their loved ones. And so we look at back and remember, and we often are told in, to forget the past. Don't, don't look back to the past, but I believe the, the Bible tells us that we are to look back at certain times. There are some benefits of remembering the past. It's things in the Bible. We're told in the Bible in several places to remember to look back. Remember Joshua, how he led the children of Israel over the Jordan River and what happened there. And when they got on the other side, uh, he told them to gather each tribe together a stone. There's 12 stones, placed them up as a memorial. That was so people would look at that memorial and remember what had happened. And then in the New Testament, Jesus told his disciples to remember his words. They were to think back on what he said. He, he was talking to them and he, he said, remember, remember my words. Well, every sun, first Sunday morning, we remember him in communion, don't we? We remember Christ's death for us. We eat the bread and we drink the cup in remembrance of what Christ did for us on the cross. He said, as often as you do this in remembrance of me. So scripture gives God's people's command to remember. So here we look in uh, the book of Deuteronomy today, Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we see where the children of Israel were told to remember God's past dealings with them. Now we do that a lot, don't we? We, we remember big revivals that we used to have and how the Lord touched people's lives and changed us. But here they were preparing to enter into the land that God had promised them after they had wandered for 40 years in the desert. They were going into a new territory. They were facing war, battles, one after the other, hardships, a new way of life. You see, these people had never lived in a settled community before. It was going to change forever their way of living. Now, when they had left uh, Egypt, they had a chance to go into the land and didn't. And because of their rebellion, everyone who left Egypt that was over the age of 20 died in the desert. So here was a young group going into uh, the land of Israel. They were to, re to remember and they were to remember the leading of the Lord. The Lord said, I have led you. Notice verse 1, beginning at verse 1 in Deuteronomy chapter 8. <clears throat> Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. You think the Lord is still testing us today to see whether or not we will keep his commandments? He says, remember that the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. Now, Israel had stood at this place before, not this particular spot, but they had 
gathered together, poised, ready to go into the land that God had promised them. But you see, they had sent out 12 spies, and these 12 spies came back, and, and two said, let's go in. We can do it. But 10 said, we can't do it. Too many there. Giants in the land. We can't go. So God led them for 40 years in the wilderness. They were wandering around, and it tells us why in this passage, why they did that. I wonder if we often wander around doing without and suffering defeat and because we are afraid to follow the Lord, you know, when He tells us, follow me. But this was 40 years of humbling. Well, the Bible tells us to humble ourselves, doesn't He? We are to humble ourselves before the Lord, and if He... If we won't, He will. <laughs> and that's what was happening here. God came on the scene and He humbled them, caused them to journey for 40 years. 40 years of learning that God leads His people. He went before them and made the way. We often sing the song, God leads His dear children along. We know that song. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. So you see, when God leads us, it doesn't necessarily mean that all things are well or that we will have great and wonderful things all the time, that we will be comfortable, just as Israel was not comfortable, even though they were led through the wilderness. Some through the flood, it says. The floods of life come sometimes. Some through the fire. But you see, it's okay if we have come to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're okay. But this was 40 years of learning God's Word was true. <clears throat> now, America has come through a lot of difficult times. Do you know your history? Times when freedom's future had been unsure. We read of the struggles of the Revolutionary War, you know, the Valley Forge, Men starving, doing without proper clothes and shelter. The Civil War, brother against brother. In other wars, when it seemed that the enemy would take it, uh, had the advantage over our nation, and that they would take over, and the tide could have turned their way. There were times when basic freedoms have been under attack. Now we know that in morality issues, we are under attack now, aren't we? Our very nation. War is going on in Iraq and Afghanistan and all these other places, but Satan is attacking us in, in moral issues here in our own nation. <clears throat> but there have been times when foreign uh, enemies have threatened our nation. Times when domestic problems seems too, seem too serious to solve. You see, all of our problems in a nation are not always from the outside. It's not always those from across the border that are threatening. There's a poor economy. Depression, such as the Great Depression. Many have studied about that in a history book. Many lived through that. And these things have brought the country to its knees, such as 9-11. But God has led the nation through dark times, and I believe this morning that He is wanting us to remember that He has brought us through those things. We have triumphed over our enemies. Brave soldiers fought and died to secure the freedom that we have today. 
and we remember them, and we're thankful for them. But times of refreshing have come from the Lord. He has brought us out of those terrible wars. He has turned these de depression years into years of prosperity and, and economic health. But more than all these blessings that we enjoy from the Lord, we find that we need a spiritual blessing. We need a revival in our country. When God blesses our nation economically, we often get, forget the spiritual side of life. We turn away from God as Israel did. When God blessed them financially, Israel was to remember why they went through the wilderness experience. He said for to remember. Back again at verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. He was going to test them. You ever feel tested? Feel like something is coming just to see if you can get it straight in your mind who's the boss here, who is over you, who is leading you, who is blessing you? So He told them in verse 3, So, hum, uh, so He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, now, how could God do that? He humbled them. He allowed them to get hungry. But then he knows what it said. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Sometimes these things come. They were interested in the material things, what we can eat, what we can wear. But notice what he said there in, in verse 3. Why he did all this. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But we live by his word. They had to remember him. They had to remember God and what he was saying to them. They needed to remember the discipline or the chastisement of the Lord. Verse 5 and six, you should know in your heart that as the man chastens his, chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. He says, you should also know or you should also consider and remember that a man chastens his children. That means disciplines. That's what that word means, chastens. And he says, just like a man chastens his children, God sometimes chastens or disciplines nations. And that's what God was going to do with Israel if they fell away from him and didn't remember him and got into other things. Therefore, verse 6, you shall keep the commandments. If not, you're going to be disciplined. Remember God's commandments and keep them. Do them. Avoid God's discipline. So we know that 
God did chasten Israel. And their doubts cost them 40 years of wandering. You ever feel like you're going around in circles? Just round and around and around and around. They were supposed to go forward. They had the command to go forward. They, at Kadesh Barnea, they could have walked in, taken the land, but because of their doubt and disobedience and forgetting God, they had to walk around in the desert for 40 years. And all of those who had come out except a couple and those who had been under 20 died in the desert. A whole generation missed out on the promised land. They missed out for 40, they could live there 40 years or more, but they missed out. God became angry at the grumblers and he was going to wipe them out, wipe them out with one wave of his mighty hand, but Moses came to their defense and then God let them live, but they died one by one. Thousand by a thousand over the 40 years. But you see, God still chastens or disciplines those he loves. We look back at this and, said, well, that, and say, well, that was a long time ago. God doesn't do that now. But look what he says over in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 5, I'll begin kind of in the middle here. He says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons, as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. That means disciplining of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse 7 says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Or what son is there that a, God, that a father does not discipline? So that's go, still going on today. It wasn't just Israel. We today, our nation, our families sometimes, we personally are disciplined by the Lord Christians need to remember this, that he disciplines. A lot of times we get into a rough place and we think the devil has, has come against us big time. Look what Satan is doing to me. And we get mad at God and turn from him. But if we are wise and spiritually minded, we realize we have been disciplined by the Lord. Why? Because he loves us. Just as a father and mother love their children and discipline them, our Heavenly Father loves us and He disciplines us and brings us back to Himself so that we can walk in His ways. And it's important that America remember this, remembers this. God has blessed our nation and, and has disciplined us. But we as a nation refuse to repent and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. You see, God is bringing these things about, yet we refuse to repent as a whole nation. 
Now, what are some of the things in America that might bring uh, chastisement or discipline? What about the abortion tragedy? Can a nation be blessed that kills hundreds of thousands of innocent babies? Murdered before they could experience life outside of the womb? Will God bless that nation? Now, certainly He will forgive those individuals who come to Him and repent. He will do that. But what about our nation? What about the drug and alcohol tragedies? God desires our nation to depend upon Him. But too many Americans are depending on drugs and alcohol to satisfy their longings. What about the moral catastrophe? The American people once demanded moral purity of the... <coughs> Well, they're leaders. But what are people saying today? <clears throat> Let our leaders do as they please. As long as I get my paycheck and can live well, I don't really care what any else, anyone else does. <clears throat> you know, just kind of look past their immorality. <clears throat> but we have a call to remember and repent before the chastisement falls. Israel was called to remember the faithfulness of God. How often do we remember how faithful He is to us? Isn't He faithful to you? Verse 7 through 11. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of these hills, whose hills you can dig copper. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Wouldn't you like to be in a land like that? You got everything you need? Verse 10 when you have eaten and are full, when you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by, keeping, by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I command you today. You see, He was going to give them all these great and wonderful things. He says, remember. Remember those things. Think about them. He says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments. You see, God was going to do great things for His people, but they needed to remember what He had done. They were to remember the Lord their God. But what are the consequences of not remembering? Well, He tells us here in beginning in verse 12. He says, Lest... When you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, 
who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that you might humble that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do you good in the end. end. Then you say in your heart, <clears throat> here's what man says. My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. I was out at, at the Founders Week. It's just a few blocks from the, the uh, Hancock building. And they provide a, one of these trolleys that stops at Moody. And as pastors can get on and ride around to different places, all the museums and uh, all over, around Chicago there. But we, my friend and I walked down to the Hancock building and you could look out over the city of Chicago and I was just reminded as I was looking out that one of these days this is going to be nothing. It's going to be torn down. Men can look at these great and mighty structures and say, look what we did. Ordinary people. But we have done a great and mighty thing. And that's what he is warning Israel of. One of these days you're going to say that. My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who has given you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, and follow, follow other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Pretty stern words, aren't they? They did forget. Israel did forget. Calamity came on them. But he said that God gives you power to get wealth. He establishes covenants. He said he will lead you through the wilderness. He has led you through the wilderness. He's provided the water. He has healed you. He has fed you. And when you go into that land, it's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. You'll have everything you need. But God knew that one day they would forget and they would say, look what we have done. They were to remember how the Lord had been faithful to Israel. Back in verse 3, it talks about giving them manna for their food. You see, they didn't have the gardens and the vineyards and all those things they had in Egypt. Yet God supplied. He fed them with manna from heaven, heavenly food. They had clothing. What they left with is what they had. They couldn't run down to <clears throat> some of these stores and buy. They didn't need to because their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. He gave them health. Their feet didn't swell. My feet have a tendency to swell, especially after flying 19 hours or sitting in long sessions at a, at a, a pastor's conference. But their feet didn't swell after all that walking. He protected them. He said, I have been faithful to care for you, Israel. And God has been faithful to America. He's been faithful to every one of us. Every person here, He has been faithful. 
We've had bountiful harvests. We had enough to share with other nations. Unimagined wealth. We have enough to share with the poor nations of the world. When you were growing up, you probably heard that story of George Washington throwing a silver dollar across the Potomac. Remember that story? Well, somebody said that Congress took the cue from him and the Congress has been throwing billions of dollars overseas for years. Well, that's because our nation was a wealthy nation. We've been helping others. God has given us bountiful harvest. He has protected us in battles. He has given us the blessings of freedom. He has given us men and women who have given their lives that we could be safe here this morning to worship as we desire and we believe the Lord wants us to do. So this Memorial Day in closing, as we remember our war dead, let it be a call to remember God's blessing to our nation and be thankful. Are you thankful this morning? You see, it's a call to repent for our nation. It's a call to remember... This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. Our congregation would like to extend a warm thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to find out more about our church by visiting our website at cogopoh.com. If you do not have a church home, please consider joining us in our worship and service. We're located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. We have services every Sunday, starting with Sunday school at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. And the pastor's sermon begins at 11.30 a.m. We have an evening service that begins at 6 p.m. And we have a prayer meeting every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. I'm going to close out the podcast. I'm going to play a song. And I want to ask you to have a very blessed morning, an afternoon or evening, whatever time of day you're listening. And be sure to join us next week as we try to bring you another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation Podcast.
Celebrate the life.